0: Hey, dJs I need to tell you about MyBookie.ag. They are the industry's best online sportsbook and casino, and boy, do they have a deal for you. Sign up now using the promo code ABSOLUTEDGEN and the fine folks at MyBookie will match you dollar for dollar up to 1,000 smackaroos. That is extra money you can bet on NBA, NHL, UFC, boxing, and, of course, Major League Baseball because baseball is back in full swing. We want you all to hit a grand slam by betting, winning, and getting paid with my boogie. Absolute
2: sports betting degeneracy. Hey
0: everybody, Arch here, and it's Thursday after the the daily show, but there's no UFC to talk about this week. So James, what are we doing here?
2: Yeah, no, it's obviously crazy. Um, We spoke to Ghan versus Volkov last week, and now we're waiting another two weeks before we get that pay-per-view main event between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. But now we're here to talk about football because, you know, the Festival of Football never stops. So it should be an interesting show today. But, yeah, we've got the Euro 2020 to talk about. Forget the UFC this week. that can wait for another week or so. Another week. We've got Mason
0: with us. What's going on, Mason? What's going on, man? You good? Oh, yeah. Can't complain at all. I don't know if you guys know. It's a pretty big weekend here in the United States. I'm not sure if you're a f- familiar familiar with what went down.
2: No, no, obviously I'm familiar. Um, have you have you got anything special planned this weekend, or probably go out or go home? I reckon with you boys down there.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's usually a good weekend to drink and, and watch some fireworks explode, <laughs> and it, yeah, and laugh at the the British Empire and their their inability to do anything yeah. against a tiny little colony.
2: I'm not going to nibble, to be honest, mate. (laughs) As long as I get going, I can't stop.
0: You're not taking the bait?
2: Nah, not today. Mason,
0: Mason, feel free. Feel free to take any shots you want. Uh, I'll I'll let you have this weekend, (laughs) Art. Okay.
2: (laughs) It only comes around once a year. We'll let you have this special momentous weekend.
0: (laughs) You know who's not celebrating at all? We're those people in France, huh? How about that?
2: Oh, honestly, that was a big shock watching it. I, I it, it literally baffles me because from the you can literally go check it yourselves. Um, right from the get go, from day one, I said look, they'll be the favourites all the way, they'll win it, blah blah blah, and then you know they got knocked out by a tiny nation by the name of Switzerland, which um which very which amused me dearly. And I think the problem with the French this tournament. Was uh, I think a lot of the particular individuals, and I'm highlighting Kylian Mbappe here. I think he let his ego get to him a little bit. I think he believed that he was the best player on the pitch, and you know, probably in my opinion, he is. But I, it didn't. He wasn't really a team player this tournament. I think Didier Deschamps, the coach, has probably got to take some real responsibility because I look at his him. I look at him as a tactician and as a man manager from the start to finish when they got knocked out by the Swiss, He was so poor. I mean, he played Adrian Rabio, And for obviously those who don't know who Adrian Rabio is, he's a midfielder for Juventus. Um One of their full-backs got injured, I think, or taken off against Switzerland, and he decided to play a midfielder in defence. And I think the Swiss in the second half actually had a field day down Rabio's side. And I think right, even in the game against Germany, I know they won 1-0 in the opening game, but they just didn't look convincing. I mean, the Germans they should have scored. They they had to have scored. Like uh, The amount of chances they had and I was baffled by the fact that the Germans couldn't get one in against the French because France's only goal that game was a known goal by Max Hummels and ever since then that sort of set the bar for a, a very disappointing tournament by the French and in the game against Switzerland I thoroughly enjoyed it. Obviously the Swiss <laughs> took the lead and I think as soon as the French got that world class, you know, equaliser from Corinne Benzema and then they scored two like literally two minutes after that and to go two and up and Popper scored one of the goals of the tournament ticket three, I thought, okay, they're gonna take the Mick, they're gonna walk away with it, they're gonna go through and again, this is where I I, I sort of give Didier Deschamps some standard. He decided to take off Karim Benzema and Antoine Griezmann, like two of their best players. And with ten minutes to go, the Swiss were back in it at three-two, and he didn't have those two star men to sort of get the reassuring the reassurance and that established that two goal lead again. And inevitably the Swiss scores take it to extra time. And even then the, the French in extra time just did not look convincing at all. And obviously I know you're not a, a firm football fan arch, but you know, for myself and Mason, when it comes to a penalty shootout, it's literally a 50 50 split. Like anyone, it's anyone's game. Anyone can win it. And I, I give a huge amount of credit to the Swiss because from this get go, they were real passionate and they had that dedication to try and get a result. And again, on penalties, it's anyone's game. And there were some cracking penalties taken in that shootout. And the majority of the penalties were scored from from Switzerland's defenders. And it's just baffled me. And I think when Kylian Mbappe took the decisive spot kick, I just knew the pressure was going to get to him. And ultimately, he's, uh, his penalties got saved, which cost them a place in the quarterfinals. So the, the favourites are out of the tournament, which is which surprised me massively. Like I said, I thought they would have gone on to win it comfortably as well. But from the get-go, they just weren't all there. But knockout football, they may have turned a, a bit and gone into second gear, but that's far from what we saw. So <laughs> the French people in Paris, Marseille, what have you, they're probably going to be in absolute tears, and they still probably are.
3: No, I bet they I bet they are. Mason, give us your thoughts, reactions, whatever. Well, I, I was quite surprised, to be fair, because I remember seeing France 3-1 up, and I thought, oh, it's just going to be... A France France victory like most people probably expected and then Switzerland in the last few minutes come back and make it 3-3 free free. and it reminded me of the Spain-Croatia game literally the, I think it was the day before or, or the same day because Spain were 3-1 up as well and it went into extra time with that but as James said, France were very underwhelming in that extra time and the players that France have they should they should walk that game no disrespect to Switzerland but the players that France have the, the there's no reason why they can't win couldn't have won the Euros because just how good the players are on their team. But as James alluded to, Killing Mbappé, I think his ego got to him in this tournament. He thinks he he probably is the best player on the pitch, but it's not good to think that it's a team sport football and Killing Mbappe was not playing a team sport. And all fair play to Switzerland, they deserved it after the penalty shootouts. Like James said, some great penalties and The majority of penalties taken were by defenders and that quite shocked me because it didn't seem like any attackers wanted to take any penalties but yeah props to switzerland they deserve that as somebody
0: on the outside looking in the
3: the penalty kick to decide a game is
0: pretty exciting would that be something that i mean would it be a bad idea to introduce that into just you know regular games in soccer during uh, the what, season? What,
2: penalty penalty shootout. Yeah, yeah. Every game ends in a penalty
0: shootout if it's tied
2: or no? No, no, no. no, no. no it, not a good it idea? It'll ruin the sporting leagues completely. I mean, the only time you'll have a penalty shootout is in cup competitions because it has to get – for English domestic competitions, such as the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup, nine times out of ten now, they get sorted out on the day, yeah. whereby in the league – at the end of the day, it's either win, lose or draw. You don't go to extra time. You don't go to penalties. If it's if one team wins and one team loses in the normal season over the 38 games, it just ruins it completely, I think. I'd, obviously, I know if, if this was an English fan saying that, a proper English football fan wanting to introduce penalty shootouts in normal league games, I would have gone absolutely ape at them. <laughs> but Obviously, because you're not a very avid football fan and you rarely watch it, I can sort of allow it and explain why it won't work in a normal league game. Okay. So I'd I'd hate for them to introduce it.
3: Yeah, okay. I think I think it'd take away the excitement of a penalty shootout for the fans as well. Because say say after each Premier League game, for example, and both teams are drawing and it goes to the penalty shootout. The penalty shootout is to decide one winner and in the league that happens over a cumulative season of thirty eight games and the cup competition. That's what the penalty shootouts made out for. And if it was added to any league game, I think it takes away the Anticipation and excitement.
0: All right, fair enough. Just asking. I hate, I hate ties. I hate ties. I hate draws.
2: <laughs> uh, we, we used to wear over it. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Too many. We're sick. We are sick of no, no draws. To be fair, so we're on the same boat on that one. I gotcha. All right. So, any other reactions?
0: I know England got through the the, the scary game, James.
2: Oh my God! Honestly, I was. Oh, I, I just, I woke up the next day feeling one of the roughest I've ever been honestly it was one of the best days of my life like you'll speak to your parents and your dads you obviously watch the football you know for decades before you've even been born and they will tell you in an international tournament we never beat Germany uh like I said at the top of my head do you remember at the 1996 euros and the 1990 Italia when we lost both times against Germany in the semi-finals and on penalties it's heartbreaking and the recent time we played them before yesterday or on that Tuesday it was in 2010 in South Africa and we got absolutely battered in the World Cup and you look at it on paper we should never We never beat Germany on an international international tournament. I'm lost for words right now. I'm speechless. I came away with a win. But I think what benefited us was the fact that no team were real favorites. I think the fact that it was at Wembley in, in England's home stadium benefited us massively because... Throughout the group stages, there was a 20,000 band capacity limit. Whereas for the game against Germany, there was 45,000 in mm. attendance and it benefited us big time. And I think in the game, when you look at the group stages, I know England, they won two of the three games. They didn't look convincing in all of the games that they got the job done. Whereas with Germany, they lost to France in opening night where they, sh- they should have got at least a draw. They battered Portugal and they beat. Uh, Well, they drew to Hungary at home in their own backyard in Munich, which sort of gave me a bit of confidence going into the game on uh, Tuesday. And I think the game against Portugal, people were moaning with the England game against Germany, like why did we revert back to a back three? But I think it was wise because you look at the game against Portugal, Germany's system was a 3-4-3 throughout the tournament. And I think with Portugal, they played too narrow. They had too many men in midfield. And I think the Germans literally just, obliterated them down the the right and the left-hand flanks. Gareth Southgate deserves a huge amount of credit for resorting and reverting back to a back three just to sort of keep the German wing-backs at bay. And I thought we just sat back well and countered them tremendously. Like, they were limited to a few chances. I think Jordan Pickford, England's keeper, made a couple good saves, you know, when called upon. He was brilliant. I think in the end, we just ended up taking our chances. You know, Germans, Germany just did not look good whatsoever and even in the group stages I was I was confident that we'd get the job done but I think if it went to penalties given our recent track record against the Germans on penalties I, I wouldn't back us whatsoever but to get it done in the 90 minutes regulated was just honestly an unbelievable achievement and I think going into the next games The fact that we've beaten Germany in an international tournament will only do us wonders going forward because the confidence will be through the roof. And I know we can't overlook our teams going forward because there are probably a lot of fans right now going, oh, look, we've beaten Germany, we should get to the final. We played Ukraine Saturday and on paper we should batter them, but this game will be played in Rome, I believe, at the top of my head. And No England fans will be in attendance, I think. So there will be that added pressure to deliver and I think once it gets, if we get to the semis, we should go all the way because in the semifinals, I think Boris Johnson announced that he's going to try and allow 65,000 fans Ooh. at Wembley for the semifinal. And if we get there, that's only going to boost our chances of a place in the final. So to win against Germany in the way we did was just a phenomenal achievement. And I, honestly, I could not be more happy after Tuesday's result.
3: All right, Mason, give us your thoughts and then we're, then we're going to get to the
2: games. Well,
3: after, before the game, I was 50-50 with it. I thought it's destined for us to lose just because it's Germany. But I also thought, you know what, we've, we've got a good chance in this just because I think whenever it's a big game, it seems like we've been showing up for some of the big games recently. But yeah, I, I think one player I'm really happy with on the England squad at the moment is Jack Grealish. And at this, before the tournament, I wasn't sure if he was going to be as impactful as he was but I'm sure he was involved in both goals on when was it now the other night whenever it was but I just think now that now that we've got the win against Germany the morale will be high going into the Ukraine game on Saturday and I'm probably going to be one of them people but I don't see why we shouldn't get to the final now Ukraine no disrespect if we play how we played against Germany we should beat Ukraine and Whoever we face in the semi-final, it's Czech Republic or Denmark. We've already beat the Czech Republic. Denmark, yes, will be a tough game, but I see we could beat them both. And I'm not even going to talk about the final. But I've got—I don't see any reason why we shouldn't get there.
0: All right, all right, I like it. Let's get to it, man. We've got four games. I, I want to know who's going to win. I want to know who we should bet on, James. Let's look at Belgium, Italy first. Italy looks like they're yeah, uh, yeah. It looks like they should win. Or is that the
2: case? Really? Um. <laughs> it really is a tough one i think throughout the group stage with italy they just they weren't really tested that much you know, they kept three clean sheets in all of their group stage games and everyone thought they were they were unbeatable and they were probably going to be one of the teams to watch and they were until the game against austria in the last round and they won 2-1 in each, and it took 120 minutes of football for Italy to get the job done and I saw some holes in the Italians game against Austria and particularly at the back. I think the Austrians were very quick and very strong and powerful to get to the first ball and to try and play out their way from the back. And I was thoroughly impressed with the Austrians, you know, I think for the first half Italy dominated, but uh, in the second half before extra time, I thought the Austrians really came out of their shell a bit and they did well to cause um, Italy, a lot of problems and they kept the Italians at bay. And that game sort of woke fans up a bit and, you could see there are holes in Italy's game and I think Belgium will exploit them. However, with Belgium, they knocked out Portugal and that was a an interesting result. I thought Portugal had enough to, you know, to get the job done. And the last episode, I believe, I predicted a Portugal win. So I'm surprised Belgium are here now, but this is their last chance of silverware because their golden generation are coming to an end. You look at their defence, they're all mm-hmm. 30 plus <laughs> Eden Hazard is just not up to scratch. He just doesn't have that fitness. And they're probably constantly relying on Romelu Lukaku to get the goals. And I think with Kevin De Bruyne, you know, there's questions with regards to his fitness. I think Lukaku right now is their main man. And with the game, upcoming game against Italy, I think at the top of my head, Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard will be out. That's going to be a real, real boost for the Italians. It will be tough to predict. I'm probably going to lean towards Belgium. I think Belgium will progress in this one because just because of the, the Italy's performance in the last game. Yes, they got the job done, but there were holes in their game. And if Austria can exploit them, then I'm a hundred percent sure Belgium can easily exploit them just mm. as badly or if not worse. So I'm probably going to go for a Belgium one, even though the likes of Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard will be out. And you look at Kevin De Bruyne, any football fan knows how good of a player he is and on his days pretty much the or one of the best midfielders in the world. So I'm going to go for Belgium, even though they'll be out uh, without two of their key men.
3: Mason, what about you, man? Yeah, as I was saying before we started, I think Belgium's going to get the job done. I think even without two of the main players, I think they're going to be able to overcome Italy, as we see in Italy against Austria. There is some holes in Italy's game, like James said, and I think Belgium could exploit them and get the job done. So I'm not sure how... I think it will be a close game, but I'm I'm sure Belgium will be able to get the job done on this one. I just think they're going to be able to exploit the holes that we've seen in Italy.
0: Wow. I like it, man. Two, two, two for two on the upset for Belgium. Let's keep an eye on that one. I like that.
3: Everybody
1: in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or Mc Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
2: And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, team of the hour. Switzerland is playing Spain. Is there is their run, it, it's unfortunately coming to an end.
2: Yeah, I mean, as much as I'm still over excited and overjoyed with their result against the French, I think their time will come to an end against the Spaniards. I think Spain throughout the tournament, it it took them a while to get going. They drew their opening game against Sweden and they drew their second game against Poland. But obviously the game against Slovakia, they won 5-0 and we saw them sort of burst onto the scene uh, from then on in against Croatia. They did well. I mean, their relentless pressure was paid. In the end, I think at the start of the game, they were always on the front foot. However, Croatia obviously did take that lead through a bizarre end goal by Pedri, that weird, awkward pass back to the keeper that found his fell its way into his own net. Ultimately, they got the job done and fair play to Croatia. You know, they gave it a right go to come from three, one down against the Spaniards to force extra time. It is some going. But I think when when you match the Spanish and the Swiss up against each other, I can just see Spain dominating the ball, dominating the possession. I think the Swiss are going to have to be really careful because against the French, all right, they conceded three goals, but their defence at times was so solid. You look at Elvedi and Cher at the back, they were very, very solid against the French. And ultimately, they helped get their team to, to penalties against the French. And again, they won. So in the game against Spain, I think Elvedi and Cher are going to have to put in a mask for performance again because any slip-ups and the likes of Pedri and Koke and uh, Morata will easily exploit them. And I think Pedri in particular at 18 years of age will be key for the Spaniards in order to sort of break through that Swiss defence in their back lane because they're going to be resilient. They're going to be resolute, They're going to be strong at the back the Swiss. It's going to take a, some doing to get through their defence and their high line. And... I think Pedri will be key to unlocking that sort of defense and I just think the Spaniards ultimately will end up winning. It will be it'll be tough. I think the Spaniards are gonna to have to remain patient like they did against Croatia. When they went one 0 down, they didn't panic, they stayed composed and ultimately they got their goal shortly after they conceded. So I think it's gonna be the same against the Swiss. Like I said, the Swiss are gonna be tight at the back, but I think if Pedri can unlock the doors early on, I think the Spaniards will be in for a good night. So unfortunately for the Swiss, their run will come to an end on this uh, tomorrow, I believe it is.
0: All right. Mason, <laughs> you're going to disagree? I know you, in the UFC you like to take some shots. Are you going to take a shot here?
3: <sighs> With football, I'm a bit more sensible, I think. I think. <laughs> I do think Spain are going to win this one. And as I was saying earlier, I think – I think uh, – I, I, I'll, I'll, well, to be fair, we're not going to have a show for the semi-final, so I'll give a prediction. I think Spain are going to make it to the final. Uh, hmm. I'm going to say that now, All right. I think Spain will get to the final. Um, I'm not going to say who they're going to be against, but I, I, I'll keep that to myself now. But um, yeah, I think Spain that they should they should be able to beat Switzerland. In reality, they should be able to win quite easily, but I don't think it's going to be the case. I do think it's going to be quite close and switzerland they're going to be really tough at the back so i think spain's going to have to work hard to get through their defense and i only see them winning by a a one goal margin to be honest
0: gee i wonder who you're going to pick spain to play in the finals i'm just i'm just (laughs) racking my brain i can't imagine who all right well give me a bet let's do it proper full-time result spain minus 150 switzerland plus 450 draw plus 270 this is full-time result what are we doing
2: yeah, I'm going for Spain, normal time.
0: Normal time? Okay. Spain, Spain normal time. What about Belgium? Is that normal time?
2: Oh, yeah, I'm
3: going to go extra time.
0: Extra time. They're going to win an extra time. Hmm. Okay. Mason? Yeah, I said extra time as well. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. All right. So we got extra time in that. Let's skip that one. We'll go to the Czech Republic versus Denmark now, next up.
2: Yeah, on paper they both match up well. I've been thoroughly impressed with uh, Denmark because obviously you don't have to be a football fan to know what happened in Denmark's opening game, where unfortunately Christian Eriksen collapsed on the pitch, and I thought it was very unfair that the then the you know the Denmark international team had to ultimately end up playing the game still on that night. Their confidence, you know, after seeing a player collapse on the pitch, it was hard to take. So. In the end, they lost to Finland. And I believe in their second game, they'd lost to Belgium as well. And to come back off two defeats to win their final game against Russia and just the sheer passion and excitement from that game, I saw the the highlights and you can tell the fans were real behind their team. And they went through and they beat the Welsh convincingly. And I think it was 4-0 and I'm all for it. You know, to see the Welsh get battered, I was crying with tears of joy. Um, and that, that, that's only going to give them confidence now because that the win against Russia sort of kick-started their campaign. The first two, they were still recovering and they were still sort of up in limbo about what happened to their fellow colleague on the pitch. So now their confidence is going to be through the roof because they've got a reason. You know, they're, they're playing for Christian Eriksen now. Every time they step foot on that pitch... Obviously, they want to go all the way, but they've got that added motivation and added confidence to try and get a result for their teammate and to try and bring it home for Christian Eriksen. So I think with this game against Czech Republic, it's going to be a real tough one. I think when you look at the Czechs, we beat them in the group stage, but... They, they did well apart from the game against us. When you look at their result against Scotland, they won 2-0 at Hamden Park where Patrick Schick scored two very great goals and they drew against Croatia. And then at the start of the tournament, I predicted England to finish top and Croatia to finish second. When you look at Croatia on their day, they got to the World Cup final a couple of years back and they're a very tough team to beat. In the end, Czech Republic managed to get a draw against them. So they were very impressive. And in the knockout stage, they beat them. Uh, they beat Holland. So that result was a sort of a surprise really because up until the red card it was anyone's game I think Holland they controlled the ball they had the better chances but they just couldn't score and ultimately a stupid handball by Mateusz De Lick cost them that game and that sort of kick started Czech Republic's performance for the rest of the game they won 2-0 against the Dutch so their confidence again is going to be through the roof after beating a team who probably on paper were expected to go far in this tournament. So when you look at the teams on paper, it, it, it's going to be close. I genuinely cannot call it. I think Patrick Schick's the top goal scorer of the tournament, I believe, at the top of my head, with like five or six goals, or his joint level with Ronaldo. He will be a standout player to watch as for Denmark. It's just. It's a team effort with them. They perform well as a as a collective team. All 11 players will give it their all, 110%, whereby Czech Republic, they may be leaning towards the individual brilliance from Patrick Schick to get the job done. So when it comes to a prediction for Saturday's game, I think Denmark will do it. I, I really do think they'll do it. I think with Czech Republic, at, at 11 v 11 against Holland, I think Holland may have came out on top, but I think after losing their central defender Matthias lit in the second half early on. That only helped Czech Republic's chances for the rest of the game and ultimately they won 2 0 I'm going to go for Denmark in normal time. I'd love to see Czech Republic again in the semi-finals because we've already beaten them and I know we can beat them again but I can't see it happening. I think Denmark, they, there's a reason to go all the way now. They're going to perform for Christian Eriksen and, and as a team Their wing backs are crucial to their success. I've been thoroughly impressed with Mahler for Denmark and I can only see a Danish win on Saturday and in normal time as well within the 90. Nice. Mason, what about you? I would like to agree just because I'd want Denmark to do well for
3: Christian Eriksen's sake, but I see Czech Republic getting this one done. I think the motivation of doing it for Christian can only go so far, I think. And I think Czech Republic are going to be Quite strong against Denmark, and I think I think they're going to have more power in going forward. I think Denmark will probably have to defend quite a lot. I see it being close. I think all the games are going to be close, but I see Czech Republic getting it done in normal time.
0: Ooh, I like it. I like it. It's uh, Denmark is the uh, the slight. Let's see here, slight favorite. If they win in regular time, it's plus one hundred and ten. Czech Republic regular time plus two hundred and eighty. So. Yeah, it's a big, big payout there for you, Mason. If you're right. <laughs> All right, the last game, suspense. Who will they? Who will they pick? Who will they pick? Ukraine oh, is playing England. I wonder. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Obviously, as an Englishman, you know I'm going to back my country on this one. I just can't see how we're going to if I just can't see us losing on on Saturday it's Ukraine the reason why they beat Sweden is because the Swedes got a player sent off an extra time I know it was a defender but still they had a player sent off and ultimately they scored a last minute goal to get them through and I just I think with the game against Ukraine I think Gareth Southgate will go back to a four at the back. The reason why we played a five at the back against Germany or a three at the back, whatever you want to call it, is just to match the Germans. I think the only time we'll now play a, a three at the back is against the bigger teams. And with no disrespect to Ukraine, I just, I think if we go out guns blazing, with a 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, that's only going to help us going forward. And I'd like to see more of the attacking players get back into the team. You look at Mount, uh, maybe give Grealish the start. Sack has been unbelievable in the last couple of games. So I think if we resort and revert back to a four at the back, that's only going to benefit us in this game. But if we stick to a five, then it's sort of, Bodes the question, you know, are we going to sit back for the whole game? Are we just going to defend? And I think we've got to take the game to Ukraine. Like I said, on paper, we are better than them. We can't sit back and defend because defensively, they're all over the place. And going forward, they're not that great. They've got Yarmolenka and Yarmchuk. Who could cause England a couple of problems, but I just see John stones, Maguire, Walker, whoever it is at the back having a field day again, because against Germany, the defense were key to keeping a clean sheet and to keep a clean sheet against the Germany side. It, it's unbelievable. And you look at Ukraine. I just don't think they're at all great. The benefit we've had over the last couple of games is that all of our games have been at Wembley this is the first game it won't be at Wembley and it'll be the only game if we progress that won't be at Wembley. We're playing at the Stad Olympico, I think, in Rome with no no English fans in attendance. So the pressure is on, obviously, the media, the journalists will be expecting us to whitewash Ukraine and even though we won't have our home fans there, we should get the job done on paper. We'll be huge favourites going into this. So I think if our players can keep their heads screwed on and try and get an early goal, I think that'll set the tone for the rest of the game. So I think we, on paper, we should batter Ukraine, but I'm not banking on it. I just think we'll get it. As long as we get it done a normal time, I'm happy. So I'm going to go for England within the ninety.
3: Mason? Oh, I wonder how this game is going to go. (laughs) No, obviously, like James, I'm going to back my country no matter who we're against. I do... But to be fair, I do think England will win this game, and I think we should do it with quite ease. I'm gonna, I, th- I think, I think, I'm gonna say a two-nil for England in normal time, just because I think if we go all guns, if we go all guns blazing, I think we could beat Ukraine four-five-nil, and that could be me being biased and a bit cocky. But I do think we are able to do that. But I think Gareth Southgate might be more defensive just just because we're not against one of the bigger teams. So I do think that he's gonna probably put a few more defenders on and we might get a goal in the first half and then one in the second or both of them in second but i, f- I think he'll probably play this one safe but i do think we'll get this done in normal time good. all right got it
0: Uh so that's it that's the round right there do you guys uh you guys want to make a prediction for the championship matchup we can make our mat our championship predictions you know who's going to win you know later but as of right now we'll probably miss this next round so who's going to be in the championship
2: james when you look at it, I just—I I don't know. I think going into the semis, England will definitely be in it. I think yeah. you know we should have enough to beat Ukraine, and we should have enough to beat either Czech Republic and Denmark. It will be at Wembley, sixty-five k. The confidence will be through the roof. Now, when it comes to the next game, I think obviously Belgium will beat Italy, and Spain will beat Switzerland. And oh, it's so tough. I think if Kevin De Bruyne and Eden Hazard are fully fit back in the team i can see belgium beating spain so i'm gonna go for england versus belgium final
3: all right mason what about you i think it's gonna be england and spain in the final to be honest arch all right
0: so that's it we will check in with them and we'll get the uh the, the official championship predictions next week right yeah so Indeed. that'll be fun all right boys killed 30 minutes talking about soccer that's more soccer than i've ever talked about in my entire life
2: <laughs> welcome to our <laughs> yeah James,
0: any final thoughts? I just want to get the hell out of here.
2: I mean, it's coming home. You know, I'm, I'm actually thoroughly believing that it could come home this year, so that's all I've got to add to you, mate.
0: All right, Mason, final thoughts? Football's coming home. That's it. Get the hell out of here, guys. Take care, mate.
2: Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owners, operators, or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Crispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.